Spooky Halloween. Books and things, books and things, books and things, books and things, books and more things. Welcome, Welcome. back to Books and Things. <laughs> Welcome to our special Halloween spooky episode. Which we're really excited to do. Hopefully it can get us here out of Roxana. <laughs> we'll see. Um, hey, turn off all your lights. <laughs> no, I'm not going to turn off my lights. I'm good. Uh, it's already like 10 o'clock at night, so it's already witching hour. Um, not at 12. I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. Google it. Alex? It's dark and it's late. <laughs> Alex, Google what time the witching hour is. <laughs> Alex says 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. No manches. Great. I'll have my circle ready by then. Your your uh, seance circle with your lights and everything? Okay. It'll be Halloween. Ooh, witching Ooh. hour. Oh, anywhere between 5 p.m. to 12 a.m. I was right. It, we are in the witching hour. So early, five. Is it Alex, because 3 a.m. Because that's <laughs> that's the time they get off from work. <laughs> five. <laughs> um. Okay. I, I don't know how like the logistics of this goes, but I just want to say that all the stories we're reading are the owner's stories um scary stories to tell in the dark and anybody that sent in their original stories that's theirs and we're just we're just rereading them we have no rights to them or anything we're reading them to you for you to hear in the dark and hear me laugh out of panic yeah and they um <laughs> people submitted them you know they want us to read them and we're excited um and yeah we're just we're gonna laugh because we're uh, nervous that's the only way we're gonna be able to cope with our nervousness of how scary things are i i'm so mad because i just remembered what i wanted to do and i am so mad that i didn't do it maybe alex has time to like look it up what remember what we wanted to do to scare judith which story we wanted to tell Yeah, he said it's too late. We wanted to tell the story of Jeepers Creepers. You're such... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wanted to, like... this meeting. <laughs> I was like, I wanted, I wanted to, like, print it out and, like, just retell her the story of it. You refused to watch the movie with me, so... And I will refuse to hear the story. Okay. So, um, I'll start with one uh, from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Let's just get started. Perfect. I'm going to start with... Oh, go ahead. Should we do scary stories, personal stories, scary stories, personal stories, scary stories? No, let's do all scary stories because they're pretty short. Okay. Then we'll go into like the personal stories and end it like that. Perfect. Yes. We are planning as we go. That's the kind of podcast we are. <laughs> <laughs> What's organization? I don't know. 
Alex was like, how are you guys going to do this <laughs> right before we started? And we were like, uh, we're just going to wing it. You got to fake it till you make it. Okay, here we go. Okay. This one is called The Girl Who Stood on a Grave. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Some boys and girls were at a party one night. There was a graveyard down the street, and they were talking about how scary it was. Don't ever stand on a grave after dark, one of the boys said. The person inside will grab you. He'll pull you under. That's not true, one of the girls said. It's just a superstition. I'll give you a dollar if you stand on a grave, said the boy. A boy doesn't, a grave doesn't scare me, said the girl. I'll do it right now. The boy handed her a knife. Stick this knife in in one of the graves, he said. Then we'll know you were there. The graveyard was filled with shadows and was as quiet as death. There's nothing to be scared of, the girl told herself. But she was scared anyway. She picked out a grave and stood on it. Then quickly she bent over and plunged the knife into the soil. And she started to leave. But she couldn't get away. Something was holding her back. She tried a second time to leave, but she couldn't move. She was filled with horror. Something has got me, she screamed, and she fell to the ground. She didn't come back. The others went to look for her. They found her body sprawled across the grave. Without realizing it, she had plunged the knife through her skirt and had pinned it to the ground. It was only the knife that held her. She had died of fright. <laughs> Okay, this is, like, legit funny, like, <laughs> because she died because she herself pinned the skirt to the ground. But I think it's, like, one of those things that your mind is, like, fucking with you. Like, it's dark, yeah. and now she's like, fuck. Ah, somebody's got me. Se murió de un susto. No le dieron pan. <laughs> no, no, I've never oh. heard that. <laughs> Comete un pan? <laughs> I'm gonna ask my mom. I got like once I was almost in a car accident, and I was like really scared when I got home. And mom was like, "Comete un pan para para susto," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> that but, means uh, eat a piece of bread for the fright. Yeah, I hold on, let me ask special guest. Charlie, por qué te tienes que comer un pan si te asustas? Uh, like I guess it's a distraction for like your heart to like calm itself mm. down. I would also think maybe because uh bread has sugar in it, so like maybe like you need a little bit of sugar for like if your blood pressure goes down. Maybe. That's what I would think. If your blood pressure goes down, maybe a little bit of bread. Kind of like when you give somebody a little bit of Coke, like a yeah. sip of Coke, when their blood pressure goes down. Um, yeah, I guess so. But every time Charles, I scare Charles. I'm just like, sick for the young pun. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, your turn. My favorite story is the big toe. 
classic. I love this story. This is the one I always remember. It's fucking crazy. <clears throat> okay. So, a boy was digging at the edge of the garden when he saw a big toe. He tried to pick it up, but it was stuck to something. So, he gave it a good old hard jerk, and it came right off in his hand. Then he heard something groan and scampered away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and he showed it to his mother. It looks like a nice plum, she said. I'll put it in the soup and we'll have it for supper. That night, his father carved the toe into uh, three pieces and they each had a piece. When they did the dishes and went and when it got dark, they went to bed. The boy fell asleep almost at once, but in the middle of the night, a sound awakened him. It was something out of the street. It was a voice, and it called him. Where's my toe? It groaned. When the boy heard it, he got very scared. But then he thought, it doesn't know where I am. It'll never find me. Then he heard the voice once more. Only now it was closer. Where's my toe? It groaned. The boy pulled the blankets over his head and closed his eyes. I'll go to sleep, he thought. When I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door and again heard the voice. Where's my toe? It groaned. Then the boy heard footsteps move through the kitchen into the living room into the front hall, then slowly it climbed up the stairs. Where's my toe? The voice groaned. His door opened, shaking with fear. He listened to the footsteps slowly moving through the dark towards his bed. Then they stopped. Where's my toe? The voice groaned. Got it, the big toe. Also has another ending. When the boy hears the voice calling for his toe, he finds a strange looking creature up inside the chimney. The boy is so frightened he can't move. He just stands there and stares at it. Finally, he asks, What you got big eyes for? And the creature answered, To look through and through. What you got such big for to scratch you up and eat you. To why do you have big sharp teeth to chomp your bones? That's it. Nice. That one's a, the that one's a little bit scary, especially with the pictures. Yeah, it is scary with the pictures. Nice. Classic, classic one. Okay. Um, I have my last one for scary stories. You this one too? really... Yeah. Okay. This one really resonated with me because it's called The Bride. And um, I'll be getting married soon. That's why I sent it to you. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the Bride. The minister's daughter had just gotten married. After the wedding ceremony, there was a great feast. 
with music and dancing and contests and games, even old children's games. When they got to playing hide-and-seek, the bride decided to hide in her grandmother's trunk up in the attic. They'll never find me here, she thought. As she was climbing into the trunk, she, the lid came down and cracked on her head, and she fell unconscious inside. The lid slammed shut and locked. No one will never know how long she called for help or how hard she struggled to free herself from that tomb. Everyone in the village searched for her, and they looked almost everywhere, but no one thought of looking in the trunk. After a week, her brand new bride, groom, and all the others gave up for her as lost. Years later, a maid went up into the attic looking for something she needed. Maybe it's in the trunk, she thought. She opened it, and screamed. There lay the missing bride in her wedding dress, but by then she was only a skeleton. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. Don't hide in a trunk, children. Very clear. Okay, uh, your turn. So I have two more, but the last one I want to save for the very end because it's also funny. Okay. So, so it'll like, be an upper? Yeah, it's okay. I'm like too scared. <clears throat> okay. Well, me, because I'm just a little scary <clears throat> This one's called The Bus Stop. Ed Cox was driving home from work in a raining storm. While he waited for the traffic light to change, he saw a young woman standing alone at the bus stop. She had no umbrella and was soaking wet. Are you going towards Farmington, he called? Yes, I am, she said. Would you like a ride home? I would, she said, and she got in. My name is Joanne Finney. Thank you for rescuing me. I'm Ed Cox, he said, and you're welcome. On the way, they talked and talked. She told him about her family and her job and where she had gone to school, and he told her about himself. By the time they got to her house, the rain has stopped. I'm glad it rained, Ed said. Would you like to go out tomorrow after work? I'd love to, Joanne said. She asked him to meet her at the bus stop since it was near her office. They had such a good time. They went out many times after that. Always they would meet at the bus stop and off they would go. Ed liked her more each time he saw her. But one night when they had to had a date to go out, Joanne did not appear. Ed waited at the bus stop for almost an hour. Maybe something is wrong, he thought, and he drove to her house in Farmington. An older woman came to the door. I'm Ed Cox, he said. Maybe Joanne told you about me. I had a date with her tonight. We are supposed to meet at the bus stop near her office. But she didn't show up. Is she all right? The woman looked at him as if he had said something strange. I'm Joanne's mother, she said. Joanne isn't here now. But why don't you come in? He pointed at the picture and the mantle. That looks just like her, he said. It did once, her mother replied. But that picture was taken when she was your age, about 20 years ago. A few days later, she was waiting in the rain at the bus stop. A car hit her, and she was killed. Those are like my favorite. Those are my favorite. 
Okay, yeah. The bus stop. That one was really good. Okay, um, I don't have another scary story. Oh, you said you're going to wait for the last one, right? Yeah. So would this be a good time to then add Jessica's scary story to tell in the dark? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to attempt. Wait, she's, she's reading one or she's telling us the story? She's reading a scary story to tell in the dark. Oh, which one? And she sent her recording in. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to let you listen. Oh, we're going to. Okay, cool. I'm going to see, yeah, if I can um, share the audio. So we're going to just give ourselves a second here, people. And then Alex will double check. And if it doesn't work, then we'll just add the clipping in. And then you let me know if you can hear it. Like, put a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay, Judith? All right. This is the story of Drip, Drip, Drip from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. One night, a young girl, Lily Foster, is left alone for the night in her country house while her parents drove out of town for a party. This was fine with Lily, especially since she had her faithful dog, Scout, protecting her throughout the night. She made herself something to eat and sat down at the kitchen table. Turning on the radio to her favorite station, she was surprised to hear a news bulletin declaring that an avenged murderer was on the loose. It advised that people secure all windows and doors as a safety precaution. With her dog by her side, the young girl locked the front and back doors. She went from window to window and locked each of them one at a time. She read herself reassured herself that she would be fine with her trusty dog and that her parents would be home short anyway. So Lily had a pleasant, peaceful evening and finally decided around 11 o'clock that it was time for bed. She climbed the stairs to her bedroom and slid under the big, warm blanket on her bed. Before closing her eyes, she reached her hand out under her bed and allowed her dog to lick it. She did this every night because it comforted her. A short while later, she awoke to the sound of a scratching noise at her bedroom window. She eyed the window and reminded herself that the whole house was locked in safe. She stuck her hand under her bed and felt her dog's slobbery tongue cross over the palm of her hand. She sighed and went back to sleep. An hour or so later, she sat up in bed. She heard footsteps in the hallway and crept out to see if it was possibly just her parents returning from the party. Seeing nothing, she returned to bed. As she was about to stick her hand under the bed, she heard a drip, 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 followed by some footsteps. She walked downstairs into the kitchen and secured the taps. That surely wasn't the source of the trip. She crept upstairs and climbed into bed. This is silly, she told herself. I'm probably just imagining things. She stuck her hand under her bed and felt the dog lick her hand. An hour later, she woke again. A little mad at this point, she jumped out of bed. The dripping wasn't coming from the kitchen, so it must be the bathroom. She crept along the side of the hallway and walked into the bathroom. She groped along the side of the wall with her left hand, looking for the light switch. She flipped on the light and gasped. There, hanging from the shower rod, was Scout, skinned. A pool of blood had formed on the bathroom tile with a continuous drip, drip, drip as the blood from the dog hit the ground. Something on the wall caught her eye. Written on the wall was a message in blood. 
humans can lick too. <sighs> that was good. Do you get it? Who was licking her hand? The person inside. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's just gross. It is. A murderer got inside, and she thought it was her dog, and it was a human licking her hand. That reminds me Ugh. of the one, another one of the scary stories telling dark. I don't know what it's called, <clears throat> but the gist is, um, so this lady is driving, and then the car behind her is flashing the lights at her, and then she's driving faster because she's like, that was weird. But then the car is driving faster behind her. So every time the car gets closer, the lights flash on. So she's being like, oh shit, like I'm getting fucking like chased. So she's driving because she's so far from home. And then the car just keeps on getting closer to her and closer to her and closer to her. So she's just freaked out at this point. Once she gets into the driveway of her house, she the car follows her in. And then she's like, okay, I have a gun. I'm going to run inside my house, get my gun, and lock myself in there and call the cops. Once she gets to her house, gets out of her car, the car is right behind, the other car is right behind her, flashing his lights. The guy jumps out of his car and then starts yelling at her, but she runs inside. Once the cops get there, they find out that there was a person in her backseat with a knife trying to kill her so the car behind her saw and didn't want to leave her oh, alone. My gosh, that gave me chills. Yeah. That one's one of my favorite. Ah! I, don't, I just remembered it with hearing her story. Oh my gosh, that gave me chills. Chris, that was one of my favorite stories. <gasps> By the way, thank you, Jessica. That was a great telling of Drip, Drip, Drip from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Thank you for sending in your recording. We appreciate it. Yes, guest speaker time. That was good. Um, oh my gosh, that other one also gave me the chills. It's like that one gave me the chills because that was like a plausible thing that can fucking happen. Yes, like you can have like if you're at a gas station, always keep your doors locked because you could be turned away. You know, putting your pin in and you don't know what kind of creepies is getting into your back seat because your doors are unlocked and you didn't notice like that's always like a fear of mine that's why i have a coupe <laughs> there you go <laughs> okay um so now we're gonna go into stories that people sent in judith's personal scary story um i don't have one that's okay. Jessica sent in another one that we're going to read, uh, a, a personal one that happened to in her family. Um, and then um, Xavier, which his her brother-in-law also sent one in. He sent quite a few, but we're going to only read one just because of time. And then um, your friend, remind me her name. I'm going to pull it up as you do. Melissa. Sent, yeah, Melissa sent one in. So... Um, do you want to start since I we just did Jessica's Well, I just story. told another story. Oh, that's true. Okay, so I'll do Melissa since I just brought it up. Um, thank you, Melissa, for sending us your story. Thank you, Melissa. Through 
in, through our Instagram Books and Things podcast. Follow, subscribe. <laughs> Follow, subscribe, like, comment. Retweet, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, here we go. My spooky story for October. I feel like I have a few of these, but this one comes to mind. This story actually isn't something that happened to me, but instead to my older sister. I have two older sisters, Stephanie and Jessica, and we live in a home with my parents. Stephanie is now married and moved out, but that's not important to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Anyway, my parents and Jessica and I had gone to a family party, and Stephanie would meet us there later since she had to close at work. We were at the party for about an hour, and all of a sudden in the family group chat, Stephanie asks, where are you? Is there is everyone at the party? And I responded, yes. Jessica, mom, dad, and I already uh, have been at the party for some time. She didn't respond, and I saw her soon after as she arrived. I asked her why she had asked where we all were if she knew we were going to the party. And she said she had gotten home, was getting ready, and she heard my dad calling from his room saying, Stephanie! She responded from across the house, what? In an annoyed kind of, I'm getting ready and too busy to talk to you right now. <laughs> and so he didn't say anything again. And then she realized to herself, oh shit, no one is home. Oh who the fuck was that? God. Who just yelled out? Honestly, creepy shit only happens to my sister at my house. And I'm thankful for this because I would definitely <laughs> piss myself if, I, if that happened to me. I recently told... She recently told me that she saw a man in our hallway and I wish she wouldn't just she would have just kept that to herself because I sleep <laughs> with my door open when it's hot at night for more airflow. And it took me a week before I could get a good night's sleep because I was afraid I would wake up to a ghost in my doorway. Sorry for this. Uh, sorry if this is so lengthy. I love your podcast. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> that was scary. What the fuck? A man in the hallway, like that. That one also. Creamy. That was like a two and one. Screaming her sister's name. Oh my fucking god! That is yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> I I mean I I know I said I didn't have a scary story, but this one's really quick. <laughs> Side story that I just oh, remembered. Yeah. Woo, woo. Side stories. My my mom when I lived with my mom in one of our older houses um she said that at that time my stepdad would work in tijuana so he would have to drive away for long periods of time my baby sister used to sleep like in a little crib bed like next to my mom and she said that one night she woke up because she felt like somebody was in the room and she opened her eyes and she saw like the reaper like La, the like death standing at the foot of my little sister's crib and that she grabbed my sister closed her eyes and just covered herself and my sister and that like that was it and then apparently three days later her cousin in mexico passed away of cancer but my mom oh my God, this is, describe my face she's just like <laughs> like it's a what with her eyes wide open but seriously my mom says that it's known that if you see death, la muerte, like three days later, someone in your family is passing away. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. 
uh, my like heart is pumping, blood flowing, anxiety is kicking in. <laughs> Do you want me to say mine? Yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> okay, so this was back in high school. Like, like super shit. Like this always happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in my room, and I shared. A, I shared my room with my sister mm-hmm. at the time I think I was in I want to say ninth grade my sister was in 12th grade so she would go into the bathroom and she would start to get ready for school and I would stay in my room to do my hair because like we couldn't both be in the room because it was too, in the bathroom it was too small so and then since we did go to school pretty far we would wake up before everyone anyone else to get ready because it took us a, it took me a while yeah. <laughs> to get ready <laughs> so I was in my room doing my hair and I was in front of a mirror so as I was doing my hair knowing that no one is awake at that time I was just like you know I was like oh, I'm gonna be late so I'm doing my hair and so my hair is half up so my ears are exposed mm-hmm. and I kid you not I heard someone and I felt the hot breath of you know when someone whispers no. in your ear you feel like a hot breath. I heard, because my sister called me Jay. I heard Jay. And that hot, like, on my ear. And I turned around and I didn't see anything. And I got in my bed and I covered myself. I was like, what the fuck? I freaked out for like an hour. I was going to school. I was like, my hair was half done. I was freaking out. So I, was, I couldn't explain it. I was like, there's no one is awake. No one's in my room. My door is closed. I'm in front of a mirror. Like, there's my window is closed. There's no way no one could have, like, in my ear. Oh, my gosh. Ah! Chills again. That was creepy. Till this, till this day. Fucking chills. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, and then in my house, I would always hear, like, because we had, like, uh, marmol floors and mm-hmm. wooden chairs. So when someone would get up, they built clink. Yeah. So at night, at night, I can hear, like, the <gasps> someone, like, getting up, dishes moving, and footsteps in my hallway. Oh, hell no. Judith. And it's not even it's not even wood that you can be like, it's the floor settling. Because all that bitch was marmol. And, like, for it to make, like, a thump, 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 you have to be walking pretty hard. Yeah. <gasps> Judith, your house was haunted. Probably. I mean, that was like that, and I think something else. I don't remember what happened, but other than that, oh, nothing. No, that's creepy. I also staged my room after that. I love you, that's my love you. Oh my gosh. I know I feel like I'm not gonna be able to sleep I'm just gonna be like Alex I'm going to bed when you go to bed (laughs) and follow me to the bathroom and follow me to the kitchen (laughs) okay that was that was my story well speaking of spooky stuff happening in houses when Alex and I first moved into this apartment we uh first of all we were both like you know newly living on our own Alex had a roommate before but still like by himself by himself and uh, we like slept in the living room the first time we didn't have a bed and 
were we were scared. It was like, oh my gosh, we're in a home and we don't know anything. Well, we noticed that the ceiling fan right when you walk in around like 6 p.m., like in the afternoon, the light turns on on its own. And it turns on and then we have to turn it off. And then the next day it would turn on again and it would just keep doing that until one day Alex was like, spirit, like we're here in, I know we're in your space, but we're good people or something. And I kid you not, after that, it stopped doing it. And then I think this year it started again around in May. It started doing it again around like in the afternoon. The ceiling fan light turns on again. Yeah. And May is when we moved in. So it started doing it again in the month that we moved in. But I mean, that's like the only thing. That's it. That's the only creepy thing that happens in the apartment. You know, my light just turns on and off when I want to. I I like to say that uh, maybe the ceiling fan has like a timer. <laughs> like I feel like there's some electrical, plausible, reasonable explanation to why the light turns on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. El yeah. Or like. <laughs> Uh, so I recently moved in with my significant other and like we're in our own place mm-hmm. so we were sleeping I told you this and then my TV kept on turning off and on off <laughs> and on off and on and I what did I oh my god oh my god he was sitting on the remote <laughs> that's funny <laughs> There you go. See, always a reasonable explanation. Logical, you know, except someone talking in my ear. Oh my gosh, that's (laughs) creepy. Okay, so I'm going to do Jessica's other story right now. Actually, let's do her... uh, her brother-in-law's just because I have it up already. So, um, Jessica's brother-in-law is called Xavier. Um, and he is from Chile. Um, he sent me quite a few and I'm actually really bummed that I can't read the other one because it's really good, but it's called the warlock and the witch, but it's very, very long. Um, so maybe we can save that one for like some other time. Um, uh, but there, uh, yeah, Alex just said maybe we can save it for, for our re-recording of Legends. <laughs> uh, but it's called, um, yeah, so he's from Chile and he sent me a little bit of backstory from him. So his grandparents are from Chile and he lived with them and that's where he got a lot of these, um, folklore from or, uh, a lot of them were also related to, like, his grandparents and the property that they owned at the time and it's it's very very interesting um i mean if he comes up if he keeps continue like if he continues writing um more about this and because he has like th- six stories here but he only sent me two um it'd be really uh cool for him to put that out there just because it's you know it's always really good to have um um folklore written so it could keep being passed down so I think that's amazing um I'm going to read it's called the goblin el duende 
Another one of my many unusual things that happened in our property was the persistent presence of a goblin. Through the accounts of at least three different people, on one of those dark nights, we heard about how for a good portion of my uncle Luis's life, a goblin followed him around everywhere. My uncle, now an electric electrical engineer would describe him as a toddler size repulsive and grotesque creature he would often speak to him and hide around the home in the food pantry or inside the lower cabinets behind the pots the goblin or some of his the goblin or some of his limbs were allegedly seen by many of the adults they claimed to have noticed when he would hide out, which prompted my grandfather to destroy one of the lower cabinets a few times. When my uncle was still uh, little, when my grandparents claimed to have found him crying in the top of a tree. My uncle could barely speak, and he was already crying, complaining that an ugly, tiny old man had snatched him and put him up there. They once found him in a deep hole that was used to be a well. He could not have gotten there by himself, and my uncle would cry and say that the goblin had gotten upset with him. He remembers the creature vividly and says that he continued to see him until he was about 12 years old. On one occasion, he was so disturbed by the things the goblin would say to him and for feeling incapable of getting rid of this creature that would follow him, he went in search for help from other people that claimed to have knowledge about how to get rid of these beings. They gave him bizarre ideas about using human excrement to guard against the presence of goblins, which he did not want to employ. My other uncle, Ernesto, was very scared of this creature and would often find Uncle Luis speaking to the creature, trying to get rid of him. Uncle Ernesto would run and tell my grandparents that the goblin was harassing his brother. One day he had enough. The two of them cursed him out so much that the goblin never showed his face directly again. However, many of the weird things that happened in their property are suspected to happen because the goblin never truly went away. This is why when one of the kids ever said something about seeing something in the property that sounded anything like a goblin... The adults took it seriously. The end. That's crazy. It, it I mean, I, I really like this because it it uh, connects to um, the story that you're going to retell in Leyendas next week because now we're re-recording it. <laughs> and yeah. that'll come out right after... Um, Dia de los Muertos, which is kind of perfect. So I really, I really liked this because it's a good, like, foundation to another story we're going to tell again later. And um, oh, yeah. it's very similar to the one you said. But I just, a toddler-sized mm -hmm. creature, mm -hmm. like, talking to a kid. Imagine, like, adults can't really see them. Mm -hmm. So then you just see your child talking to nothing mm -hmm. that's so scary i know so how many more stories do you have i have two more i have one more okay so i'll say one and then you'll say yours and then i'll finish 
off with the yes. scary story to tell in dark. Yes. Okay. Because I'll say. Save- oh, wait. Mm-hmm. No. Alex has one, too. Okay. So his dad's story. Okay. So you'll go, go. I'll go. And then. Okay. I'll go. You'll go. Alex. Okay. And then I'll end yeah. with the scary story to leave it off with the light note. <laughs> yes. Okay. Go in as we go. Because we don't plan things. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Go, Judith. Okay, so this is an account from um, Charles. Again, because a lot of shit happens to them. I don't know why they did it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but it happened to his sister and nephew. So her, his sister's son. Uh, so when he first moved here, he lived with his sister in an apartment. And in this apartment, it was a one-bedroom apartment, and um, they would just, you know, hang out, chill out, whatever. So one time, they were in the living room. Keep in mind, my nephew or cousin, my cousin, um, his um, nephew. That's confusing. (laughs) So his sister's son. Um, was playing with a boss. He was he was three years old. Yeah. Um, he was three years old and he was, you know, playing with a boss. He was throwing it, getting it, coming back, throwing it, getting it, coming back. So at this point, my, um, my uncle and Charles are in the living room and they're sitting down, they're talking. They had just gotten home from work. So, you know, blah, blah. They're looking at the kid. But, like, he's not, he's throwing it, but he's running to go get it, and he's retrieving it, and, like, he's just playing with himself. And so he throws it, but you know how balls usually, like, return? The ball didn't return. And my uncle and Charlie, like, looked at each other, like, did you just see that? And Iker, my cousin, looked at them, and then the ball is thrown super hard towards a corner and it bounces back like crazy there is no way that the ball that a three-year-old like threw can yeah bounce back that hard <sighs> they said that they grabbed it and they ran into the room <laughs> oh my gosh question did the did the nephew ever say anything like he was playing with someone no? Okay, because that would have added, like, a creep element, like, to say, oh, my friend got mad and he threw the ball harder he or just something. Said that he was, because they were watching, because he was like, let's say I'm here, and then, like, he's, like, right here, and then they, he was just playing with the ball, rolling it to the wall. The wall, like, you know, rolled it back. Yeah, it would just... Yeah, like, yeah. gravity. But no, like, he said that he threw it, they saw him throw it into the kitchen. They looked at each other, and then they saw it fly back. It bounce off the wall. Oh, that's creepy. And then mm. later, da, 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 but wait, there's more. That my aunt fell asleep with her hair down, and she woke up with a braid. No. <laughs> Can you not? Because I'm only laughing because I'm like freaked out. Because I know. I'm, she because she told my uncle because she woke up and she's like and then she started screaming <laughs> Michael oh <laughs> my god crazy baby. no Judith. my uncle's like what what why'd you go 
to the room. He's like, what, what, what happened? He goes, he's like, someone braided my hair. Was it you? He goes, that's been there. I wouldn't braid your hair. Oh my gosh, you didn't know. I, I, <laughs> okay, somebody's messing with her. <laughs> no, because I asked him, I was like, was it you? He's like, no. He's like, I don't know how to braid hair. My uncle definitely doesn't know how to braid hair. None of, oh my gosh. He, she like, And she had a three-year-old. But she said it was like a nice, like, you know, when I do my braids, like a nice yeah. braid. No, I, Judith, no, I can't. No. <laughs> I, I swear to God. I, I asked That's her, too much. Her, I, I'm scared. I told her, and I was like, is it true? Someone braided your hair. She goes, yeah. Like, she's like, yeah. And then she's like, yeah. And did I tell you about the ball? And I was like, yeah. They moved out of that apartment. But she's like, yeah, like stuff was okay. happening. Remember... In MFM, my favorite murder podcast, do you remember the episode where they would talk about like the Spider Man, the guy that would live in the attic? So like I can imagine if either it's a ghost or like somebody's getting in the house. Well, they don't live there anymore, but that's creepy. They live in the second floor, like not in the street where they're by like the um yeah, the window wasn't facing any street or anything. Oh, no, that's too creepy. That's too much. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm out. Okay. Yeah, that was the braid. That's me all the time. Uh, okay. I have... I have one more from Jessica, and then we'll have Alex come up. Right? Yes. And then okay. I'll do the light one. Okay, here we go. Um, Hi, Roxana and Judith. Below is my scary story for your podcast. I love you both. Yay. And cannot wait to hear what you have in store. So my story involves my niece and father-in-law. It begins back in the 70s where my father-in-law's parents built a tiny little cabin style home out in the middle of Lake LA where they resided for the majority of their time before passing away in the early 2000s, leaving the home and escape from the busyness of loud cities. About two years ago, my husband and his father arrived at the home to find it burglarized. (laughs) The ham burglar. (laughs) Sorry, okay, burglarized. With many of the grandparents' belongings missing. To their surprise, the man who burglarized the home the night before arrived at the house later that night to finish the job. A high-speed pursuit ensued between my husband, his father, and the criminal in an effort to partake in vigilante justice with a shotgun in the back seat. Thankfully, after a long night, the criminal was apprehended by police and the belongings were returned. Fast forward two weeks later, my niece, who was around three at the time, claimed to have visited claimed to have been visited by the grandparents multiple times while visiting the house without having any prior knowledge of who they were. They, the one incident that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up involves my niece and father, father-in-law having dinner outside on the table as it was nearing sunset. My niece casually told my father-in-law, Grandpa, That man over there needs us to hurry up so we can leave to get groceries. Confused, he asked for clarification. My niece reiterated that there was a man standing by the truck 
waiting for them to finish their dinner so they can go shopping. Scared, my father-in-law grabbed his gun and searched the property, not finding many signs of a- another person there. However, any other person there. However, he revealed that on many occasions growing up, he and his father would take that same truck to get groceries and run errands. We are convinced that my niece was seeing my grandparents for those few weeks after the burglary and in their way saying thank you for watching over the home all these years and bringing their belongings back. So here's my spooky story for y'all. I hope you enjoy and got goosebumps. Jess. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh... Like, like also, like, it's kind of cute because, like, yeah, like like a niece is able to see like her great grandparents. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and and like their home had been bur- bur- destroyed, bur- burglarized, burglarized. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you know, they brought the stuff back. So it's like the parent, the parents kind of came to say like thank you. So I don't know. I thought that was that wasn't like that wasn't. Pretty- creepy but it was like enduring and yeah it's creepy because a kid if anything with a kid seeing ghosts it's like a little spooky Mm -hmm. but it was it was still pretty it was still pretty nice yeah super sweet alrighty Alex let's hear you hello everybody Uh, this story comes from my dad Uh, this is a story that he wrote while he was in uh, university uh, SMU in 1978, 79, I believe. Um, this is something that he submitted to his literary uh, magazine at the time. Uh, he submitted multiple stories, a poem in Spanish, and then this story. When he showed me the story for the first time, my dad's the type of guy that essentially always tries to put a little bit of mystery behind something. He never tells me the whole truth. Uh, so he's always left it open-ended if this is true if this is something that happened to him, but it's still a pretty, it's, it's a cool story. It kind of goes in the theme with what we're talking about. And I'll let you guys discuss after. Okay. So this is a price for a drink of midnight water by Robin Mackey. When I woke up, I could hear the timepiece on the mantle. Tick, tick, ticking. It's eternal rhythm. The fluorescent red, of the coals had given up what life was in them at least an hour ago. The old rat who lived not upstairs nor downstairs must have gone to his rarely used resting place. I could not hear daddy or mommy move or snore in the next room. My own bed had been set up in the front room for the season. As I lifted the heavy quilt to set my feet on the floor, A sudden gust of icy air overpowered what warmth my 55 pounds had struggled to manufacture. My flannel PJs did not protect me from the feeling that crept up and prickled my five-year-old back. All was dead. No wind blew through the familiar cracks and crevices in the doors and walls. No dogs barked at unseen creatures in the wood behind our house or across the creek. None of the so-called familiar sounds reached my ears. The shadow of old furniture guided my now-awakened eyes through the front room to a huge black rectangular hole that held my destination within. 
I hoped that the dipper would have enough to quench my 1958 thirst. For some reason unknown to my little unbaptized soul, I felt a presence, or presences, as I drew near to the black space that foretold the entrance to the kitchen. I now felt a gentle tugging at my heart, and it pulled me towards the kitchen. Suddenly, I felt no desire to satiate my gullet any longer. I was frightened of what that gaping abyss in the wall, and I became engulfed by fear. The tugging turned into a steady, strong pull, and I shivered as the darkness surrounded me. The pulling stopped. All my small senses were on alert. My heart was pulling on itself, not under my own power. I took a small step forward. When my foot touched the strangely warm floor, my ears perceived an almost inaudible noise. The pulse at my temple was tick, tick, ticking its own rhythm. The noise could now be faintly heard, and it was steadily growing in volume. I could decipher its content now. Someone was whispering in my ear, Tommy, Tommy, move on. Take a step. The air in the kitchen was comfortably warm, while the night before it was under the same spell as the rest of the house. Tommy, move, take a step the voice insisted. I stepped. When my foot had set itself down, I noticed a brush against my leg. More small voices joined the first in a chorus of, hee hee, ho ho, on with Tommy, off we go. I wanted so much to call out mommy, but the scream would not escape my opened mouth. More voices come and something pushed my other foot forward and deeper into the black chamber. As I stood by the stove, which ate its wooden meals every day, I caught a glimpse of a hand smaller than my own reaching out from underneath the big stove. I looked around to my right side and three sets of tiny fingers were groping out from under the table. Now, the whole room was full of hands and fast-moving shadows. I did not think of mommy and daddy. I was too horrified to think of anything. The hands gripped my ankles like miniature vices and pulled me sideways towards the stove. I kicked, and then I was bitten. I ripped myself from their grasp, but another jumped onto my shoulder and started pulling my hair. Others pulled my body, and still others pushed me. I fought them because I could, did not want to go with them. I twisted and jerked like a bound animal. I then reached the dipper of water, and when I reached laboriously, out for my drink that I fought for so hard to obtain, I saw that one of them was sitting on the dipper handle. He was cursing me, and he dared me to challenge his authority. Instantly, my small heart and brain filled themselves with hatred, loathing, courage, and strength. Although my hand bled from his foul bites and scratches, his brain felt like the small wet ball of mud that I had sent squishing between my fingers the day before. My thirst was stopped by the displaced spring water. But the fear returned. The small horde seemed as if they were going to attack me again. I ran through the ranks and I made past the stove. I was slowed enough to see the little monsters for the first time. A small cap, like that my father wore at bedtime, was perched on each miniature head. Little pointed ears poked out from the sides of their broad, wrinkled faces. Their arms and fingers were long and slender, and their feet looked like the ends of small clubs. Tears streamed from their eyes, and a voice that bordered on incoherent sobbed, You killed him! 
You have killed him. My voice found itself again and I screamed, You almost killed me. This is my house, not yours. He shouted back, We needed you. We wanted a home. I turned back to the lighter opening of the wall. And as I entered the, the zone between the shades of light and darkness, I could still make out. Tommy, you killed us. You killed him. Tommy, move back. We want you. But the tugging and pulling, the groping and grasping, the biting and poking had stopped. The voices were dead now. My thirst had gone away. The clock was tick, tick, ticking its own rhythm again. Strangely enough, the coals were glowing a warm cherry red, and Mommy and Daddy were both snoring. I lifted my old feeling frame back into my heavily quilted bed and nestled back down to sleep. My old rat friend thumped his tail once more, and I felt happy and secure. As I drifted back into the land, into my land of dreams, I felt a gentle brush against my hand that I that I had unconsciously dropped over the side of the bed. I instantly retracted the renegade hand bunk back under the quilt. Until this day, I do not dare hang my hand over my bedside for fear of waking up with my hand with my band of merry little night friends. You laugh? Perhaps tonight you will feel uncontrollable desire to move on and pay your own price for a drink of midnight water. I'm not going to drink any water tonight. I'm not going to get up. Uh, I don't know if I'm not going to throw any balls around. <laughs> I'm not going to open my eyes. I'm going to hide under the blankets because the blanket protects all. Um, You're going to braid your own hair. I'm going to braid my own hair. Wait till you hear that one, Alex. And um, Alex is going to... Can you hear it? No, because only I can hear you. Oh. So he's going to hear it when he's editing. He can hear me, but he can't hear you. Um, That's crazy. He's going to follow me to the bathroom. Me va a cuidar. Because, um, well, isn't that why you hired him? That's why. Loving caretaker. I love that. That's why I hired you as my caretaker, she says. <laughs> yeah. Is that what the ring is for? No? That's what the ring is for. My protector. <laughs> my strong protector. Big, strong, handsome man. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Imagine you're a kid and you just see all these little hands everywhere. And, uh, like, the idea of a toddler-sized thing. It's just creepy because I work with toddlers, so now I'm thinking nap time when they get up in the dark and I can't see them. I'm going to be like... Wait until you hear my stories for next week. Hi, Judith. Okay, you ready for our last scary story? Yeah. Yes, because this one has run pretty long. Okay, it's called The Cat in the Shopping Bag. Okay. Mrs. Briggs was driving to the shopping mall to do some last-minute Christmas shopping when she accidentally ran over a cat. She could not bear to leave the corpse on the road for the other cars to hit and squish. So she stopped, wrapped the cat in some tissue paper she had with her, but she put it in an old shopping bag and in the back seat. She would bury it in the backyard when she got home. 
at the mall. She parked her car and began walking to the store. She had only taken a few steps when out of the corner of her eye, she saw a woman reaching in the open window of her car and take the shopping bag with the dead cat. Then the woman quickly got in her car nearby and drove away. Mrs. Briggs ran back to her car and followed the woman. She caught up with her at a dining a diner down the road. She followed her inside and watched the woman slide into a booth and give the waitress her order. As the woman uh, sat sipping on her soda, she reached into Mrs. Briggs' shopping bag and she bent down and looked inside. A look of horror crossed her face. She screamed and fainted. The waitress called an ambulance. Two attendants carried the woman away in a stretcher. They left the shopping bag behind. Mrs. Briggs picked it up and ran after them. This is hers, she called. It's her Christmas present. She wouldn't want to lose it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's delightful. That's a good one. one. Yeah, that's a good one to end on. I thought that was a really funny one to end with. Oh my gosh. That's funny. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our little spooky Halloween episode of some scary stories to tell in the dark, some personal scary stories, um, special guest scary stories. Thank you to Jessica, Melissa, Xavier, Alex's dad, and Alex for telling that story. Who else? Am I missing anybody? Charles' story. Everybody, so many stories. I think my ultimate scary one was the braid. (laughs) That's the that's the one. Like I I just can't get past the fact that she was sleeping with her hair down, woke up with a braid. Like how? Maybe she like woke up herself, like like half asleep and braided her hair, like sleep talking, sleep walking, and doesn't remember. Could be possible explanation just because Alex wakes up sometimes and has conversations and then goes back to sleep and doesn't remember. I do that too. It's that scary. Because. <laughs> How? <laughs> because, like, now I'm going to be thinking, like, are you talking to a duende? Do you see him? What does he look like? <laughs> Bring my hair. Does he braid nice? Can he braid my hair? <laughs> Is, does he have nimble fingers? You break up. You wake up with cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Have an awesome and safe Halloween, and we will see you next time. Bye.